Hey everyone, happy Monday to everyone and I hope everyone is doing great. Uh, just decided to take the weekend off and, and do a couple of other things. So the reason why there was no um, episodes during the weekend, but um, lots to cover, lots to cover. And, and um, I'm probably not going to go chronologically, I'll probably just jump around here and there to talk a little bit more about uh, what's going on and... Uh, I'll start out with the one that a bit, a bit near and dear to my heart <laughs> and uh, it, it's just tough to see this Columbia side play man it is tough to see them play but he, he, now here's the thing okay and, and I might end up getting a bit long winded on this topic and many others throughout this episode let's keep in mind one thing okay the Colombian press right now is talking and, 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 and clamoring for James Rodriguez to miraculously come back and save the day. It's not going to happen. People tend to, in, in times of need, in times of necessity, people end up overlooking certain things. And what people end up overlooking in the case of James Rodriguez is that he's not 100%. There is a reason he's not 100%. And there's contradictory issues here and there. It could be because he doesn't get along well with Reynaldo. It doesn't, might mean that, that you know Everton thinks he's 100%, but he's not. And, and we've seen Hamas at 100%, and he's probably one of the best players around. Okay? When he's 100%, and I'm not talking about physically, I'm also talking about when he's fully into something, he can be a dominant force. That being said... That being said... Uh, when was the last time he was 100%? Maybe when he started out at Everton the uh, first couple of weeks, uh, maybe the first month and a half or so. Remember, remember Everton at one point were top of the table in the Premier League. But then he started breaking down and breaking down and breaking down. He mentally has not been in the game for a while. And now add the fact that he's not with the national team, number one. Number two, Carlo Ancelotti leaves. Number three, he's not going to Real Madrid again. Number four, Rafa Benitez is most likely coming. And, you know, Rafa Benitez isn't, you know, his saint of devotion. Let's be honest. But when Ancelotti leaves Madrid and Rafa Benitez comes in, well, Rafa says, no, he's, you know, basically sees what he saw and said, you know, no, no, I don't rate him. Not that he doesn't rate him as a player. He doesn't rate him in terms of his work ethic, in terms of other things that have gone on throughout his career. And again, you start to see the <laughs> the issues emerge. I mean, my argument has always been, look, when it's one coach, I understand. Not everyone gets along with anyone. Two, okay, fine. When it's three, hmm. When it's four, hmm. Now you had another one. What else can you say? What else can you... I mean, in, in terms of that, it, it can't be that, you know, every coach that has ever coached Thomas Rodriguez doesn't know football or, 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 or thinks he can't play. There's something else. There's got to be more to it. Come on. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Am I that dense? Am I that, am I that, that limited in my thinking? I don't know. He's not the solution to other problems. There's there's a problem. Look, and I, I spoken to some some of my Chilean colleagues, and they're like, "Hey, by the way, you, yeah, he's Colombian, but you you should have seen the mess that he made with the Chilean national team." 
and you're starting to see it. Yeah, it's starting out great, the results. You see, that's, that's the biggest problem when you talk football. You, you end up being a prisoner of the moment. You end up being a prisoner of the result. He won the first game. Wow, won 3-0 against Peru. Wow, he got a great result against Argentina. Wow, he got a 1-0 against Ecuador. Whoa, he couldn't score against Venezuela. Mm, okay, that's a problem. Now, not to discredit Venezuela in any way, shape, or form, they have probably the best goalkeeper in the tournament right now. And then yesterday they showed a great deal of character in beating another team without character in, in Ecuador who doesn't have balls, who doesn't have any mental fortitude, who ends up getting knocked down easy, who has a glass chin, has talented players, yes. But as a collective, they I don't see anything great about them. I saw that they had the potential to, they have the potential to be great, but it's between the ears that, that they lack collectively. That, that's the biggest problem here with, with, with this Ecuadorian side which is kind of the same problem that's going on with the Colombian side because you only have two options. And when you neutralize two of those options, when you neutralize Cuadrado, when you neutralize Edwin Cardona, that's it. And what makes you think you take out Cardona, you bring James Rodriguez, you don't have the same problems? Yeah, okay. You have to defend him a little bit different, but for the most part, you know, what makes you think James Rodriguez, after not playing over three months, is going to magically just come back and, and be the guy from 2014? He's not. I mean, I think that's that's the, the reality check that many in in Colombia don't have. They think that James and Falcao and all these other old guys are going to come back and, and, and be able to do things. No, they're not. I mean, look, I, I've seen that illusion before. I've seen that, that delusion before. I saw the hope. I was at the training ground in 2014 when they were like, yeah, look, Falcao's going to come back. And you see a guy with one leg that looks just like a tree trunk and the other one that looked like a toothpick that was carved out of that tree trunk. And you're like, no, no way this guy's going to play. Get the media harped on. Yes, it's going to happen. It's going to happen until it didn't. Now they're starting to say, hmm, maybe Carlos Queiroz had something here. Now you start to hear some some rumblings. Oh, maybe Carlos Queiroz was right. Maybe Carlos Queiroz didn't, you know, <laughs> showed us something that we don't have instead of him. That's the big problem with Colombia. That's a huge problem with Colombia right now. Because not only that, you start not seeing players come through the pipe, you know, down the pipeline to be able to reinforce, to be able to become those players of the future for the national team. Now, that particular topic I can delve into in the very near future because that's a very interesting topic to talk about because the pipeline is kind of running dry in certain countries. But again, I don't want to, you know, divert my my diatribe and go elsewhere. But look, that's exactly what's going on in South American football. But I'll, again, like I said, I don't want to digress. I'll go continue with the topic at hand. That's the big issue that's going on with Colombia. A team that's predictable, a team that, you know, you know when so-and-so has the ball, this is going to happen. When you know when so-and-so has the ball or, or, or so-and-so is down, is down this sector, this is what's going to happen. It's a predictable team. It's a team with very few variations. It's a team that, that has very little uh, options outside of the norm. You don't see a player that comes in and changes the game. Maybe Cardona. Maybe. Cuadrado does his best. And, and, and of course, he's just 
pace and, 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 and hard work and, and being able to, to push the team forward, to show that leadership within the club. But Cardona is the one that puts those passes that no one else can. Now, as far as his shape, as far as his, his, his fitness, well, he can only give you up to a certain time, up to a certain amount of time. Plain and simple. Again, it's not one being angry. It's one seeing that, that there's, there's a reality to everything that's going on, despite what the media there say. It's a disappointing generation. I mean, at least this group I'm talking about, you know, the ones up to 2018, maybe into 2019. Yeah, they did their best. But that cycle is, is pretty much come to its conclusion. And now you see a, a spawn off of, of that group with some players still part of the uh, of the nucleus. But it's, again, an, a totally different set of circumstances. And, and it's a totally different team. And there's a totally different dynamic. And there's a totally different way of seeing the game which helped Peru. And again, I mentioned Peru, of course, against Brazil. <laughs> yeah, they were going to lose. I mean, no one thought like that, but still you saw a Peruvian side that still throughout this match against Colombia, they were able to, to pressure. They were able to cause problems. They were able to complicate Colombia. And more importantly, they were able to get a win. So you see that it's a team that, that has a precedent in, as far as getting blown out. Well, last time they got blown out by Brazil, they ended up in the final against Brazil. So could it be that again in Brazil once again? Yeah, it could be. You got to give Ricardo Gareca all, all the credit in the world. With the team he has, he has much less tools to work with than Colombia does. And he's been able to maximize. And he's been able to put this team as a collective and bring in a couple of new players here and there. They've been able to contribute. Which of the new players for Colombia has been able to contribute a whole lot? Think about it. I'm talking about the new players. The newer faces. Which ones? I'll leave you thinking about that one. Think about it hard. Think about it long. a new hero was born and a couple of them might have been on their way out <laughs> it, it, chile is, is is a wonderfully dynamic soap opera that always gives and keeps giving and never stops giving a hero was born on friday with ben burton and and, and it, it's you know i i feel it, it's a feel-good story if you will i mean a, a young englishman English father, Chilean mother, and he decides to go play for Chile. And and his mother, over the moon, couldn't be much more, couldn't be more excited. Ben plays against Argentina. Yeah, plays a couple of minutes, does very well. Plays pretty well. Gets his first start against Bolivia. Ten minutes in, scores his first goal for the national team. He becomes a national hero. I mean, I might be exaggerating a bit, but you kind of understand where I'm heading with this. Of course, songs are made about Ben. T-shirts are made about Ben. Memes are made about Ben. And he's all of a sudden become the, not the star, but the name for the Chilean national team. 
great, great story. You know, it, it's one of those things that makes people feel good. Player being able to find himself and, and, and all the other things that come with it. And, and it's it's the dream that many of us that are born outside of our of the country of our heritage dream of. Dream of being able to go and represent that country that's loved us and, and, and we've been able to grow into their customs and, and, and grow up with the food and the language and, and the idiosyncrasies. Being able to be that, that type of player that goes over there and becomes successful and becomes and scores a goal that ends up winning a game for them. And possibly going to a World Cup. Who knows? That's, of course, still ways down the line. But he was the epitome of that individual, of that type of person that, that goes and makes that dream possible. Playing for your parents' team, if you will, or at least in his case, one of his parents. But as I said, Chile is the gift that keeps on giving. Look, if, if I had friends like the, like the, from like members of the Chilean national team, I would never have a dull moment. We know what I mean by that. It's probably the <laughs> it's probably the hardest partying team. It's probably one of those teams that. And now, I have to say this from a context: if I were single, now if I were married, it'd probably end up being the, the guys that I would probably run away from the most. But uh, now, and I say this because there's been a lot of rumors going around. There's still rumors going around. Who knows what's going to happen? But people aren't convinced with the explanation that was given, okay? So a video comes out, a few pictures come out of a barber that comes in and, and, and cuts you know, Arturo Vidal, Gary Mendel's hair. And all of a sudden, there's this big thing. Oh, there's a violation of the bubble in Chile. Oh, well, what's, what do you expect? Of course, it's bound to happen. <laughs> it's happened before in Chile. But, I mean, it's been much worse. I mean, mind you, this is the national team that in 2015, Arturo Vidal, on his free day, ends up crashing his Ferrari and, uh, you know, all the other things that occur. Uh, the Bautizazo, which happens to be a party where a few of the Chilean players end up going to a baptism and they end up partying until late night, right before a World Cup qualifying match. I forget. Yeah, it was, well, it was a World Cup qualifying Yes, World Cup qualifying match. Man. Heart, I mean, it, it's, it's, that's the way they are. That's the way they roll. Despite all that, they've been able to win two Copa Americas. They have had the most successful generation. <laughs> I mean, it, it's pretty hard to, to knock their track record. Yes, you can on one because they didn't qualify to the World Cup in Russia. Yeah, you, you can knock that. But that's, of course, another conversation for another time but still it is a little sidetrack a little side point that one can make but i'm not completely convinced it was just the barber many aren't completely convinced it was just the barber that that had this i mean really just one person comes in and all this happens you miss you have a barber come in and you have two practices suspended prior to a match against uruguay just a barber came in for a couple of hours, cut the hair, hung out a little bit. That's it. Now, there were rumors about some of the players being able to bring in women. But now, again, this part, 
It's not confirmed. There's been many reports. Some have backtracked a bit. Some have even retracted from the story. But there's still lots to talk about. There's still a lot of rumblings around. There's still a lot of speculation. Hey, why, why would you know one person come in and all this ends up happening? Two days of, of practices being suspended. This goes on. That goes on. Players were possibly going to be kicked out of the national team. Of course, that was what was being said at the moment. Hey, let's blame it on the barber. Probably the easiest way out. Right? Hey, I mean, I mean, think about think about this. I mean, not even not even in the most serious of infractions has it been involved with one person. The Venezuelan national team, for example. They had a complete breach of a bubble where they had, and I've mentioned it before. I mean, if you listen to, to previous episodes, I've mentioned it. I'm not going to go into it too much because I've already mentioned it. You can listen to them, you know, you can listen to some of the previous editions of this podcast and you can see exactly what I'm talking, or you can hear exactly what I'm talking about. But it, it, it's crazy. Can it only just be one person that came in and plus they had a negative PCR? Yeah, slap them on the wrist. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, Kamaball is going to slap them on the wrist pretty big too. Pretty, you know, maybe with a ruler, if you will. But come on. There's got to be more to it. Or there, there, might, there should be more to it. Or at least you'd think there would be more to it than just a barber that came in. But again, as I said, Chile's always been like that. Chile's always had th- that type of madness, that type of, of, of uh, restlessness. And again, it would be more restless too if you're locked in your own room. I mean, I'm, I'm not justifying the player's behavior, but I understand exactly where they're coming from. And I and understand that it's a very mischievous group at times. I mean, I'm not saying it, you know, out of, you know, just for the sake of saying it. I'm saying it because it's happened, because they've done it, because it's documented what they've been able to do time and time and time again. So, so I mean, one is not surprised. One ends up just being amazed <laughs> at the continuance of these types of things. And the same people keep on doing it. And the same people keep on being forgiven. So, again, that's why I say that Chile is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs>